Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. On earth peace to men. So it's all a con. Christmas doesn't work. It's just a big con. Well, commercially, we all know it's an annual rip-off. Uh, cards and wrapping paper sold at extortionate prices. Chocolates and nuts more expensive just because of the festive packaging. Advertising telling us that Christmas starts at Sainsbury's and the magic and sparkle of Christmas comes from Marks and Spencers. Oh, oh look, I must stop. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I'm not Ebenezer Scrooge. I like all this stuff. I don't mind being ripped off once a year. I love Christmas and everything about it. Decorating the tree, eating gargantuan amounts of food, playing tiddlywinks with the family, getting another pair of socks from Great Aunt Ethel. I I love Christmas. I I don't even mind the big credit card bill in January. No, no, that's not the con. It's the angel's words, you see. On earth, peace to men. Doesn't work, does it? Just ask the people of Iraq or or the Sudan or Afghanistan. Surely global terrorism is all the proof we need that Christmas didn't work. We we sang it in one of our carols. Beneath the angel's strain have rolled 2,000 years of wrong. Indeed, for some, Christmas just makes it worse. The police estimate that 75,000 domestic arguments happen over Christmas And 50% of those are considered serious incidents. So just look out. Peace on earth? Not in the home. For many, Christmas just adds to the problems of life. The stress of getting ready for it. The stress of having to share it with awkward people. And the stress of having to pay for it afterwards. So the angel's announcement, peace on earth? You must be joking. Are these angels on another planet? Or do we have to conclude that the angels are just part of a fantasy world of make-believe? Is Christmas nothing more than another fairy story? Should we consign these characters to Disney World? Mary, Joseph, the baby and the shepherds? Oh, definitely the shepherds. After all, it was the shepherds who saw the angels in the first place. What were these shepherds thinking? Come to that, what were they drinking? On that cold Palestinian hillside? Had they had one too many of the amber nectar? Or or discovered magic mushrooms for the first time? Can we trust these shepherds? Can we believe the angel's announcement on earth, peace to men? Or is this story just like the rest of Christmas? You know, we know we're being conned, but we don't mind. It's a good excuse for parties, a few days off work, chance to see the family, getting the beers in it, and having something nice to look forward to for a change. Uh, Just before Christmas some years ago, uh, my wife Caroline and I, uh, uh, incidentally, that's uh, two people, not three, my wife Caroline and I, um, (laughs) we... um, we, we went to Disney World in Florida. It was great fun, meeting Mickey and Donald Duck, riding the Tower of Terror. Now, now that really is a thing. The Tower of Terror, dropping 100 foot in five seconds. Can you believe it? We paid to be scared witless. But it was fun. We went BC, before children. And, and as adults, we absolutely loved it. We knew it wasn't true, but we had a good time. We entered into the spirit of it all. Disney is a million miles away from reality, but it never hurt anybody to pretend for a while. In fact, it did us good. We came home refreshed. Is Christmas like that? A bit of harmless fantasy? 
having a good time and pretending that one day there'll be peace on earth. Is it just make-believe? Well, not according to Luke. Luke, the person who recorded the words of the angels, Luke assures us that it really happened. Listen to the the beginning of chapter 2 of Luke's Gospel. In those days, Caesar Augusta issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Now, can you hear it? Luke roots the Christmas story in history. He does the same when we turn over to chapter 3. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Iturea and Chaconicus, and Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caphias, the word of God came to John. Now, do you hear the historical facts? This is not Disney World. This is not once upon a time in a land far away. No, says Luke, this really happened at a real time in real history that you can really check out. Luke is bothered about reality. And yet, as an historian, he is not at all embarrassed about recording the appearing of the angels alongside ancient facts that you can check out in the history books. And come to that, Luke isn't embarrassed by the words of the angels either. On earth, peace to men. Because Luke knew that the angels weren't suggesting that the birth of Jesus Christ meant the end of war. No, that really would be Disney World. Listen again to the words of the angels in verse 14. Notice what the angels did not say. They said this, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. Notice the angels did not say, On earth peace between men. Now, what the angels announced that first Christmas was much greater and far more important than even the end of war and conflict in the world. What the angels were so excited about that first Christmas morning was that with the arrival of Jesus came the possibility of peace between mankind and Almighty God. Listen again to their words in verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. The arrival of Jesus Christ means that it is possible to be at favour with the living God, to be at peace with the Lord God Almighty. Isn't that something? Now that is a peace that you and I need more than anything in the world. And that's why the angels were getting so excited. That's why they announced in verse 10, good news of great joy. Christmas is good news. Such good news that the whole of heaven rejoices. Angels can't stop singing about it and bursting into the world at the most unexpected times and telling other people about it. Because of Christmas, we can be at peace with the true and living God. And that is very, very good news. Because the truth is, everything is far from God, far from good, between us and God. As far as you and I are concerned, with God, we are not best friends. We are, in fact, his enemies. Now, let me stop there for a moment, because I know most people I speak to find that very hard to believe. Most people I speak to like to think that everything's fine between them and God. But look at the gift God sent, and it will tell you that's not the case. Look again at what the angels said. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. 
A saviour has been born to you. That's the good news of Christmas. It's about God sending a saviour into the world. A saviour, someone to rescue us. Now that tells us something, doesn't it? If God sends a saviour, a rescuer, then it means we need rescuing. What if you've noticed how how some Christmas presents are designed to, to drop a hint? Here's one. Deodorant. If your friends give you deodorant at Christmas, may I suggest that your friends are dropping a hint? Well, maybe not. I mean, you can get some nicely packaged toiletry sets at Christmas, can't you? Maybe not. But if your friends uh, get you these, they are definitely dropping a hint. Odor eaters. (laughs) If you get overeaters at Christmas, there's no doubt that's a present trying to tell you something. And if you get a present like that this Christmas, you can either take the hint or you can get in a huff and ignore it. But allow me to suggest, if you want to keep your friends, use the odour eaters, take the hint, swallow your pride. Now look, in the same way, God's gift that first Christmas drops a hint of enormous proportions. The gift was a saviour. Do you see the hint in the gift? God gives us a saviour because we need saving. We need to be rescued. And we need to be rescued because you and I are not at peace with God. Actually, the Bible tells us we're his enemies because of the way we treated him. Just think of all the good things we'll enjoy this Christmas time. Family, friends, food, fun, all good gifts from God. And not just at Christmas, but all year round. God gives us every breath we take. Every heartbeat comes from him. Yet how often do we give him a second thought? Perhaps when we're in trouble we'll throw up a quick prayer, but largely we live our lives our own way and with little reference to him and whatsoever, and worse, how have we treated his son? I've got some pictures here of of my children, uh, Susanna, Bethan and Joshua. Um, They're very little. Uh, That is the the pictures, not the children. Well, the children are quite small as well. Uh, I carry these around everywhere I go. It's difficult to express how much I love them. They're actually here this tonight, and if they walked up to you this evening and you ignored them or started to use their name as a swear word or just wanted them to get out of here because they were a nuisance, let me tell you, you and I would be enemies. Really, we would if you did that to my children. But that doesn't scare you because I'm only a skinny little bloke whose bark is worse than his bite. But when we are enemies with God, that should scare us. And we are his enemies because we've done exactly that to his son. Jesus Christ. Uh, We've ignored him. Uh, Used his name as a swear word. Had no regard for his moral law. And I include myself in all of that. And so we are not at peace with God and he is not at peace with us. And that is very bad news. But Christmas is about good news and the good news is that God himself took steps to remedy that dreadful situation. God sent a saviour. God sent Jesus Christ not to punish us, but to rescue us. As the angel announced, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. Jesus came to rescue us, and he did that by dying on a cross. See, 30 years after his birth, Luke tells us at the end of his gospel that Jesus died on a Roman cross so that we could be forgiven. It is an amazing thing, but listen to this. Jesus was born to die. That little baby, the little baby Jesus, was born for only one reason. He was born to die. 
It's been very exciting in these last few months to, to have a number of babies born into this congregation. And it's great for me as vicar to be able to go and visit the parents and, and have a cuddle, with the baby that is, not the parents. Um, sometimes I, I go and visit, and if the baby's asleep, I get taken up to the nursery to see the little one. I follow the parents up the stairs, creeping up the stairs slowly, slowly pushing the door open into the dimly lit room, and as I peer into the cot, I see that little one peacefully fast asleep. It's a lovely sight. Nothing like a little baby fast asleep, is there? But imagine being there in the room with me, and as you're looking at the little baby, suddenly you lift your eye up, and you see a notice above the cot, and it says this, William, born to die. That would be shocking, wouldn't it? Yet that is exactly what the angels announced about baby Jesus. Jesus was born to die because it is only through his death that peace can be made between you and me and Almighty God. When Jesus died on a cross, he was dying in our place. He was taking the punishment that our our rebellion deserves. A couple of years ago, just before Christmas, I was alerted to a particular news story. It was on the television news. It reported a tragedy that occurred in Australia. It happened at a place called Coffs Harbour. Maybe you've been there. It concerned a young couple who'd just been married. They both loved scuba diving and so decided to spend their honeymoon diving off the Australian coast. It was a very moving moment as the television showed the new, lo- the new wife in tears. The diving trip had gone horribly wrong. Her husband had been attacked and killed by a shark. In tears, she explained what had happened. All I can remember is turning around and seeing a white pointer with its jaws open, coming for me, and, and I thought it was all over. Just before the shark took me, my husband pushed me out of the way and placed himself before me and the shark. The shark attacked him, and now he's gone forever. See, that young man took the full force of the shark. And that is just a little picture of something of what Jesus did when he died on the cross. He took the full force of God's anger for our rebellion because he loves his people so much. Isn't that something wonderful? Isn't that good news? The good news of Christmas, Jesus loves you that much that he died for you. Do you know anyone who loves you that much? Or let me change the question. Do you know anyone that you've ignored all your life who loves you that much, enough to die for you? Jesus does. And he died to make peace between you and God. That's what the angels were announcing. On earth, peace to men. Through Jesus Christ, it's possible to have peace with God. So it's not a con after all. Far from it. This is the best news in the world. Peace with God. But as I close, let me tell you one more thing. It is not automatic. Oh, God has given us a gift. But like all presents, we, we have to take it and unwrap it if we're to enjoy it and benefit from it. It's not automatic. As it says in verse 14, this is for those on whom his favour rests. So here's the big question for us this Christmas time. Is God's favour resting on me? Now, I'm not asking you if you believe in God or if you go to church or if you're religious. I'm asking you, is God's favour resting on you? And are you sure of that? Have you ever taken the gift that God gives at Christmas? If not, or if you're not sure, 
This Christmas would be a wonderful time to do that, wouldn't it? And I'm sure there'll be a number of people here this evening who want to take things further, who want to find out how to take the gift. Well, look at the shepherds. They are a great example to us, as we heard in our reading. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. See, the shepherd said, let's go and see. Let's investigate. We've heard the angels' announcement. Let's have a look at this baby that was born in a feeding trough. Let's go and see who he, who he was. Let's check it out for ourselves. The angels announced on earth, peace to men. Is it true? Let's go and see if we really can have peace with God. They're a good example to us, the shepherds. And I imagine that there's a number of people here who are saying, I want to do the same. No, I can't go to the baby in the manger. But there are two things that you can do. In the new year, we'll be running a course. It's called Christianity Explored, open to question. It's a great place to go and see, to ask any question you want over all these things we've been talking about and more. It begins on the 8th of February this next year. And on the back of the service order that you were given on the way in, on the bottom, there's a little tear-off slip. You could fill that in before you go. Uh, tuck it in one of the boxes on the way out. There are a number of boxes jotted around there, blue boxes um, at both entrances, and they're marked offering. You can just slip your slip in there, or hand it to me. I'll be standing at the door. That's one thing you can do. The second thing you could do is take a booklet. We've got these uh, wonderful little booklets. They're called, What's the Point of Christmas? And through it, it tells you a whole number of things about Christmas. But as you go on, you'll discover more of what I've been saying about the, the real meaning of Christmas and how you can be at peace with God. I'll be standing at that door, just outside, up the path. And as you make your way out of church and maybe go over to, uh, to the church centre for coffee and mince pies, just take one of these from me. Uh, all you need to do is say, I'd like one, or, or grab one. I'll have a whole bundle with me. And that'll be another great thing you can do. Well, thanks so much for listening. Let me wish you a very happy Christmas and I'll hand back over to the choir.